Hey guys, welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. This podcast is more of an experiment in conversations surrounding creativity, community, and genuine human connection through the lens of coffee than it is anything else. Wow, that was a mouthful. What I'm really trying to say is I'm really happy you're here and you're going to be stoked to know that today uh, I have a special podcast interview for you. This is the podcast interview with the owner of Stacks Espresso Bar in Albany that we recorded a few months back. Um, this is our conversation with Ron Greco for our previous Highlight Roast. This was Highlight Roast number six. If you're unaware, uh, once in a blue moon, we come across a really dope coffee that we want people to see, or we meet a roaster or coffee entrepreneur that we want the world to hear about. Um, and what we do is we collaborate with that roaster or coffee creator, and we create a dope coffee package that we sell exclusively on our web store, um, usually 50 bags at a time. And what it is, is a really dope coffee roasted by a really dope human, grown by a really dope human, and designed by another really dope human. And we put all of that dopeness together in one package that gives you art, technology, agriculture, all wrapped up into one. It's really an amazing process, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. Um, part of that package is some exclusive content like this podcast you're about to hear. So this was our conversation for the last highlight roast. Um, the next highlight roast will be live probably mid-June. Well, we're already in June. Gosh, probably in mid-July. Um, we are just getting the art together and we have the coffee information. The coffee was bought and they are sample roasting it as we speak. Um, we announced on our Instagram, I'll give it a quick shout out, uh, for you guys to keep your eyes peeled for this highlight roast. Number seven is going to be a collaboration with Samuel Bender, the owner of peaks coffee company in Syracuse, New York. They got to be a part of something really exciting called the Acevedo cup run by collaborative coffee source, um, in Huila, Colombia. And what Sam did was he said to his entire staff, hey, I want you guys to vote on your favorite coffee out of all these coffees. And whoever wins, that's the coffee that we'll buy. And so this is that coffee. This is a washed Colombian grown by German Andres Gualpaz right in the Acevedo region. So please, if you haven't already, go to upstatecoffeecollective.com slash newsletter and sign up for our newsletter because you'll be the first to know when our highlight roast goes live. We always drop like, you know, discount codes and stuff like that in there. We don't spam you with a bunch of shit. Maybe once or twice a month, we'll hit you up and say, hey, here's what's going on. Um, that's it. Uh, you're going to hear my original intro from when we dropped this highlight roast and then we're going to get it rolling. This is a this is an exclusive podcast interview with the owner of Stacks Espresso Bar in Albany, New York for our highlight roast number six. This is our conversation with our friend Ron Greco. Enjoy. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. This is another exclusive episode for highlight roast drinkers only. This is our podcast interview with the roaster for this highlight roast. His name is Ron Greco. He is the co-owner of Stacks Espresso Bar in Albany and Troy. They also have a location out near Boston. 
Ron is a super, super cool guy and has really become one of our closest coffee friends. Um, he's also what we like to call our spiritual godfather um, because way before we ever were into coffee, Ron and a few other local guys started what they called the Capital Region Coffee Collective. Um, unbeknownst to us, <laughs> they did the exact same kind of stuff that, that we are looking to do here. They did a lot of educational stuff. Um, they really were trying to bring specialty coffee into the capital region and really make it a lot more prominent. And we can be thankful for them because it's flourishing now in the upstate region, especially around the capital region. We really appreciate all they do. Um, other than that, yeah, we just talked to Ron about his process, uh, what it was like opening up stacks, um, what his roasting philosophy is, and how he, you know, created this relationship with the Bider brothers uh, in Colombia, and what it's like to like create those relationships and manage them for him, um, and some insights about the coffee scene in general and just overall just getting to know the guy. I hope you really enjoy this. I hope it brings you closer to the coffee that you have in your hands and is another step in the direction of, you know, truly understanding what it is about the coffee process that makes it so special. We thank you so much again for picking up a highlight roast. If you're enjoying it, if you're enjoying the experience and you're enjoying the coffee, tell all your friends. You know, this can only really happen via word of mouth and, um, you know, local human connections. So, again, thank you and enjoy this conversation with Ron Greco, owner and roaster at Stax Espresso Bar. I feel like I would watch someone pre-roast blend in the bad way that we're describing the same way that I watch people do ski jumps. Like I'm just like, oh, you're gonna you. Nope, you can't stop now. Like, yeah. you can't. <laughs> oh, you're just you're just going to go ahead and do that. Huh? You're OK. Yeah. I hope you land. <laughs> All right. Well, we got ahead of ourselves. We should probably we, did, we, did, we, we did. should do introductions yeah. and say Welcome hey. Welcome to episode two of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Uh, <laughs> It's episode two, part two. Yeah. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Episode two, two. The how the many seconding. episodes do you guys actually have now? Uh, somewhere around fifty. No, more than that. Much more than Is that. Is it now. more crazy. than fifty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we, don't know. We've been doing. We. I am actually going to pat us on the back a little bit. We have been consistently creating content all throughout 2020, and we we only missed a handful of weeks. That's last great. year we're doing yeah. weekly podcasts. I didn't every consistently Monday. do a fucking thing. Twenty, <laughs> so it was the only thing that I was consistent. I like about. ate poorly consistently <laughs> yeah. for a whole year. You know, like I really I ordered I DoorDash consistently. I did, yeah, I didn't do well. I cooked a lot actually. Yo, I, yeah, we, you we were went, telling us. We that. went way down in takeout food. I cooked a lot. Of but food wait, wait, who really who fun. are you, Mister Cooker? I <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. Ron Greco. Ron Greco, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Thanks. We've I'm glad to be back. We've had you on once, of course, but this is a special episode, right? Because this is for you. I zoomed the last listener. one from my couch. Yeah, like it was. It was. <laughs> We're not, in person was this not time. Great. Yeah, it's way better. Yeah. Better audio quality. The gear has gone up. Everything has gone up. Better for the energy. people who have. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah better energy, energy man. The energy in has person. gone up. A lot more hope right now than oh, last dude. time we talked. 
big light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah last it, things were looking dark last yeah, time. Yeah, we were like, and we didn't even know how dark they were actually going to get. We they were still like, it shouldn't last too long, we right? Like, yeah, like, like will this summer when this is all past, dude. Us, yeah, dude, yeah, you know? exactly. We we oh. thought it was going to be a pretty quick jaunt through like sickness world. Humans we were, are funny uh, like that, though. Yeah. Humans would be like, it's no big deal, and we just tell ourselves and lie and lie yep. until, and that's how we get through. We were so young, yeah. Back then, I've aged a lot since then. Yeah, I have fifty percent more gray hair. <laughs> you actually do have more gray hair. I actually just have longer hair. Oh, okay. If, uh, if I, like, I cut my hair short, you can't see it that much. Um, yeah, Kevin, yeah, right, right. Kevin's exactly. gray all along when the I, sides. When I got it like kind of high and tight, you yeah. you can't really notice. There's a couple, mm -hmm. but like, man, and the gray hairs are like kinkier from like yeah. a texture oh, yeah. perspective. They do kind yeah. of like you can kind of see it over thing. here. They're like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like my hair is not that soft like to begin scientist. with, you know? So yeah, it's like you get real like weird angular when I try to shave, Dude. I've got a bunch of gray in my beard yeah. too. Yeah. And you try and shave and they're like little they fucking metal out. things yeah. that just yeah. stick <laughs> out. Yeah. They're, they're like, this razor is no match for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, a question that we ask all of our podcast guests and we're going to ask you again. Kevin, you want to who are you? How are you? And what do you do? Uh, I am. I'm Ron Greco. Um, how am I? I'm feeling pretty stoked today. It's like uh, what time is it? It's 6 p.m. Maybe it's seven. It's, it's 7. 7 p.m. I'm pretty highly caffeinated for 7 p.m. on the Tuesday. Agreed. Uh, we just cupped some coffees. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling mm -hmm. a little goofy. Feeling okay. pretty excited. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of a nerve wracking day. I had a big roast day with the um, just big in the amount of coffee I had to roast, but yeah. also, you know, roasting this coffee for the first time is, you know, Woo. it's mm -hmm. always nerve wracking. I was totally. like, man, if I fuck this up, it's like a hundred dollars a batch, you know? Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, um, so I, I, you know, feel pretty confident that I did not fuck it up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some some things to tweak. I, I can attest like from a what waste, I a wasted hundred dollar batch for sure. Yeah, I've actually never had to like you know just toss a batch. So no, that um, tastes better. Great. Knock on wood. I know, right? My mom yeah. would get so mad at you right um, now. Yeah, so I've never had to toss a batch, um, and I didn't really think that was going to happen. But I was like, my luck. You know, this right. coffee yeah, will just today. like go nuts in the roaster. Um, so I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling over caffeinated. And what do I do? What do you do? Uh, I do a lot am. <laughs> I always have to like pause when people ask me that. I'm the director of coffee at Stacks Espresso Bar. Um, I'm part owner of Stacks Espresso Bar. I'm the head roaster of coffee of Stacks Espresso Bar at Stacks Espresso Bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I am head of wholesale. I'm pretty much the whole wholesale team, really. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working barista shifts four days a week. Um, at Stacks Espresso Bar? At, at Stacks Espresso <laughs> Generally. Is there anything you do not do at Stacks Espresso Bar currently? I don't pack or ship orders. Woo. Um, Fuck that. Great. It sucks. We, yeah, we've got a we've got a logistics <laughs> guy that like does restaurant depot and packs and ships orders. Really, mm -hmm. I mean, like, shout out to Greg. He like really keeps things running behind the scenes. Wow. Um, he's never been a barista. Mm. He when he first started working at Stacks, he was like, Can you make me a Dunkachino, like he he was so not a coffee that. guy. No idea what was going on. Nothing. He grew up with Tyler, the other owner, um, mm -hmm. and went to high school with Tyler, and just like needed work or something. And he is such an integral part of Stacks now. Yeah, and also has really developed a palate. Like he's, Whoa, he started. Uh. Um, you know, we do. We're in the Broadway location right now, and he started doing. Um, we do a lot of our work out of this shop because it's bigger mm -hmm. and also because of the Lark Street shop, like 
you know, those are our like 20 to 30 year old service industry people. So like yeah. nothing gets done. If you're, if you're like, <laughs> if you're behind the bar, you can, you know, obviously make coffee and stuff. But like, yeah. if I'm trying to do work on my computer, sitting at one of the tables, nothing gets done because I know Everybody. every single person that comes in the door, you yeah. know, um, we've been there for seven years. I live like 400 feet around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like, you know, down here, it's more state workers. Obviously we've got a lot of relationships with a lot of them. Now we've been open for almost five years down here, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not quite the same and it's just proximity wise, a bigger shop. So we can, totally hanging yeah. out back here. I can get away from people coming in the door a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, or just give them a wave and they have to go back to work mm. rather than some person who's like not bartending until six o'clock at night. And they're like, Hey, what's going on? Uh, you yeah. know, come out for a smoke I, I, or whatever, right. you know, yeah. like I just woke um, up. Let's yeah. Check. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how's it going? I haven't seen you in so long, you know? So yeah. we do a lot of our work out of this shop and, uh, you know, Arnon was the manager from alias coffee for, you know, since this shop opened mm -hmm. and he started making pour overs every day and would just give Greg like, you know, like a demi toss cup full of a pour over, mm -hmm. like a single origin pour over from one of our guest roasters. And like that built into like, it's called pour over time with Greg, you know, like that, that's what, what everyone calls it. He made his own little hashtag. He's got like 30 Instagram followers, but like, Aww, he, but nice like, though. but he's like diehard followers. Yo, but like, you know? Onyx liked his post, you know, oh, like, like, yeah, yeah like, that's you nice. know, he, and, and it's really fun. And, you know, but he's been doing that for like four years now. Yeah. So like he has actually developed, you know, a, a pretty good palette and, mm -hmm. you know, I really lean on him on like, tell me your opinion on this coffee, yeah. you know? So it's cool. He's, and like I said, behind the scenes, he like very much keeps the shop running. That's great. Um, we got to find so us I, a Greg, by the way. Yeah, just, we need a Greg. A Greg that, is, a Greg is essential. Yeah, Apparently um, uh, we just need to make some dude a Dunkachino and then hire him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Get him in at the ground floor. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I don't, I don't really pack orders and ship orders generally. Mm -hmm. Um, I do cold calls for sales, but I hate them. Mm. Um, we don't do a lot of cold calling, but yeah. I know we need to. Yeah. And it gosh. sucks. Does yeah. it work sometimes? Ever? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What's it? What's, what's your know. turnover? On I that? generally what's, like this is this is like a what's your success a rate? very anecdotal estimate, but okay. I put it at like one in 100 gets like a solid. Maybe that seems usual. Um, yeah. yeah. That's and I typical. hate that. I can't experience rejection like that. And that's not a get lot really of rejection. That's worse than Tinder. You know, like, especially yeah, that's when you're, worse selling, than Tinder. you're selling your it's, stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's like a, something I'm really excited about. Yeah. So to just have people like out of hand be like, no, yeah. it, like, yeah. it just sucks. So yeah, bad. That does suck. Um, so I'm built to like come in once the you know, a potential client has interest. Like mm -hmm. if you have interest, if you, if the door is open like an inch, I will like kick it open with enthusiasm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but like getting the receptionist for some office and who's just like, nah, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not interested <laughs> over and over. I, it's so soul sucking to me. So oh, I, I hate that. Um, I don't make the schedule. I don't do like I don't do day to day management stuff. Okay. That's that's good um, because that can be a soul sucking job in and of itself. I started off doing day to day management, and um, you know Tyler doesn't work behind the bar or anything. But uh, when we first opened Stacks, I was the manager, and you know I very offhandedly one day was like, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I fucking hate management who likes management, you know, like Mm -hmm. who likes inventory and scheduling. And he was like, there are people and who, who like it and who like excel at that. Yeah. So you're not going to be the manager. And I was like, what the fuck did you say to me? (laughs) Like, it was like, I couldn't, um, I couldn't like really wrap my head around the concept of like, if you don't like this job, you're probably not going to do well at it. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a punishment. It's finding like the right fit for you. Oh yeah. And he pulled me off of being manager and I was like <clears throat> really hurt for like a while. I was like afraid wow. that I was going to get fired. Cause I thought that was like the only thing that I could add of value uh-huh. is like, well, we don't, we can't, you know, we just started a week ago. Like we can't afford a manager. Um, it was actually like two months in or something, but like we can't really afford a manager. Mm -hmm. We can't even afford me and I'm the manager. So like adding another person, um, you know, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just couldn't separate, like you just have to do a bunch of shit you don't like. Mm -hmm. That's your value. Um, I suck at management. I'm terrible at like he was absolutely right. Like mm. I, when I don't like something, I'm generally not that good at it. Yeah, I can like force my way through it when when need be. Um, yeah, I'm a terrible day to day manager. I'm great with like dealing with issues as they arise with like staff or miscommunications and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I mean, I'm the cause of some of those miscommunications. Yeah. So I won't like exempt myself from that. Yeah. But I am generally also good at recognizing them when they are brought to my attention mm. and like apologizing and explaining myself and hearing another person out mm-hmm. um, or solving them between to other people I'm much better at. Um, you know, it's then it's not me. There's yep. no, there's <laughs> right, no right. skin in the game. So I, it's a lot easier to see both people's perspective. So like, I'm good with that stuff. Um, I'm good with like general management of like keeping the managers on track. Right. Um, and you know, like, you know, making sure the whole ship is running smoothly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really get bogged down in the day to day and I end up procrastinating and then people are getting their schedule late and everyone's mad at me, uh, you know, like yeah. that stuff I, I don't rough. enjoy. It doesn't go well. Yeah. So I haven't done it in six and a half years. Um, Good riddance, honestly. Yeah, yeah right? no, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for Tyler kind of giving me the opportunity to be like, oh, you don't like this, then don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, right, because part of I think part of entrepreneurship is uh, being able to do the things that you like and pay other people to do the things you don't like, yeah. I guess. And I know that there's also you, you could you could flip that on its head and say, actually, a part of entrepreneurship really is doing all of the things and, you know, like grinding your face against the wall until you have something that runs well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, yeah, I, think- I don't think so. Like, I, I, I mean, I think that that is. Sure, that's a part of entrepreneurship, but if you're just grinding your face against the wall, I think, as you said, um, but like if you're just like grinding and hustling and doing everything, you're not going to have something that runs well. Oh, yeah. You're going to have something that runs. Yeah, probably. Maybe. And the the day you get a cold, it falls apart. You burn out, man. You burn out. It's like it takes the fun out of it. Now, mm-hmm. there's probably a period where everyone in that like hustle has to do some shit they don't like, you know, like closed the shop twice last week. I hate closing. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm an early bird person. I come in and I listen to my audiobook while I open, you know, oh, do nice. Thing. Yeah. Um, I hate closing. I'm not very good at it. My employees get mad at me sometimes, you know, like totally. I got a bunch of a- angry texts this morning from someone. Cause like I didn't do a very good job last night. I thought oh, I shit. did, which was a bummer, but like, you know, they're allowed to do that. I didn't do a good close, right. you know, barista among baristas at that point. And, totally. um, you know, so they, 
rightfully let me know the things I did wrong so I can fix them next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like we had to keep payroll down this winter, like, yeah, yeah. and, and I'm salaried. So like, that's the job I had to do. Um, but I think that like, <clears throat> if you are not relying on building yourself out of systems, mm-hmm. then, and you're the only one who has the keys to all these different parts of it, then like you're integral to some shit that you don't like and don't want to do. And yeah, if you get a cold, like the whole, the whole thing comes crumbling down, yeah. you know? Uh, um, yeah. That, so, you that, know, that speaks to me a little bit. I, I feel like, you know, between the two of us, you know, we run everything and, and upstate coffee collective is a small, uh, relatively small operation, but we have a lot of arms in a mm-hmm. lot of places. We try to create a lot of different content and, and be a lot of different things. Um, yep. One, because we love doing it all, but I think also two, because we're still trying to find the things that really take off, the things that really, you know, mm-hmm. fulfill our uh, fulfill our desires and customers' desires. Sure, right. Yeah. But uh, it's like the magical overlap, right? Like, right. What do I like doing that other people also like consuming? Right. Yep. So right now we're doing a lot of things that we like to do. Yeah. And we're figuring out what things really grab people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this highlight roast is going to be one of those things. I'm really, really I hope so. <laughs> I want to know, um, number one, how you came to meet Shadi and, Ale- uh, and Elias. Um, Elias. Yep. And like for you. What does what does uh, connecting with the producers at Origin look like, and how do you create? First of all, how do you create those relationships, and then mm-hmm. how do you manage them? Um, yeah, that's that's how that's how I'm going to phrase that question. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Shadi and Elias, um, I met because of you guys. You know, like you guys approached me on this highlight roast. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you wanted to have something really special. Um, and like, you know, budget informs what coffee totally anyone can bring in. Like yeah. I, I can't bring in a hundred dollar a pound coffee because I can't sell a hundred dollar a pound coffee. Right. right. And like I'd love to bring yeah. in like yeah. <laughs> crazy coffees all the time. Um, but like from a business perspective, that doesn't work. So like, mm-hmm. you know, our our probably average price per pound for green coffee is around four bucks, which is, you know, pretty pricey coffee yeah um as like you know some daily drivers but um knowing that i had a little more of a window for what you guys were able to pay for wholesale allowed me to sort of expand out of that because i already knew i had a buyer and i wasn't just going to be sitting on like oh cool so i put out seven dollars a pound and bought a hundred pounds of coffee now no one's buying it right so i just have $700 $700 is now just out in the ether huh. in the form of coffee sitting in my warehouse that I can't sell. That's huge. Right? So, yeah. um, so knowing I had a buyer for at least 50 pounds of it, um, put me in a place where I could say, okay, this is what I can, you know, and uh, I'm assuming we can talk about price because yeah, you yeah. guys oh, are yeah, replacing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Transparency, transparency report. report. Totally. Yeah. Um, transparency. yeah. So when you guys said, you know, we can pay around 13, I knew I could probably push that if needed yeah. um, for the right coffee. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because like that's it, right? Like you're giving a window. Um, so 12 to 13 pounds. And then like I found a coffee where I was like, all right, well, with, you know, with everything all in, I got to get. 1350 and you know we kind of talked about that with mm-hmm. like uh the cost of the packaging right like right. six dollars a pound is not the price of the coffee that's that's the price that like it's listed as mm-hmm. on the sheet yeah then to get it here 
took another dollar and two cents per pound. And Correct. I actually bought more because it was going to be seven fifty a pound with uh, with shipping unless I bought three bags. So I, oh, bought, yeah. I bought three. Yeah, I was like, this coffee fucking rules. Let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like that was a good move because I'm I'm selling it to another subscription company for like a super specialty box with like two geishas um, and like a crazy uh, Ethiopian. Yeah, so they're buying like another thirty five pounds, right? And so you guys like, do these specialty boxes, or you're selling the? the I'm green? selling it to Angels Cup. Oh, got um, it, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're nice. doing they're doing it as like a specialty box, and they've kind of gone through all of the rest of our single origins. In um, they've bought all our single origin coffees that we've offered over the last six months or something that's huge and sent out in their their sample like their black box it's called mm-hmm. um and now they're offering like a, a really high-end specialty box um mm. so this coffee is being featured in that i just happened to reach out to jeff um because the amount that you guys bought plus the amount that he was buying informed how much again i was able to buy because now coffee. i've got 80 pounds of it spoken for right. so i can buy a little more and you know some of that is is covered already. Yeah. So you know you guys coming to me with a budget was very helpful, um, mm-hmm. and that's what made me look for like okay let me let me find some some bangers. You yeah. Know? Totally. Um, and so I I mm. went on uh, Cropster Hub, okay. which is um, you know for those of you that don't know Cropster is a uh, roast tracking software mm-hmm. at its at its core. Yeah. Um, but Cropster Hub is a way for different green coffee importers or even roasters actually to sell green coffee. So mm-hmm. instead of me logging onto Ally Coffee's website, then Collaborative Coffee Source's website, then Cafe Imports website, then Royal Coffee's website, I can just go on Cropster Hub and now not all of those list on Cropster Hub. Sure. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's not, you know, an encyclopedic offering list for everything in the country, but like, you know, uh, collaborative coffee sources on there. Who's like our, our primary green importer Nordic mm. approach is on there who brings in some like really beautiful coffees. Um, you know, and then mm. there's other smaller producers and, and importers. And I found this, um, uh, Marcella Geisha. I just, I, I, um, sorted by cup score. Yes. Um, and I found this Marcella Geisha and it had some really, it was a natural Colombian geisha and it had some really interesting flavor notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't have a price, sure. uh, you know, and geishas have quite a range, totally. uh, you know, from six bucks a pound to, you know, $1,300 a pound. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I just sent them a message and, um, they emailed me back. We exchanged numbers and I, I started, um, texting or yeah, texting with, uh, Elias. Um, and then we had a, a WhatsApp video chat call. They sent me an offering list first and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I saw that the Marcella Geisha was, you know, 1650 or something. It was considerably out of my price range, yeah, totally. but, um, but I did see the guava banana, um, at $6 a pound. And I was very interested in that. Uh, it was a natural process, mm-hmm. um, Katura. Uh, I didn't realize at the time that it was anaerobic natural, but, um, yeah. And they had the giant, which was a hundred percent Pacamara natural. Mm. Um, and they had the rebel geisha. Um, yep. And they had the Marcella geisha. And I think there was maybe one other like high end. And then they had a, a couple, uh, in their condor series, which are sort of, uh, 
more regular specialty coffee prices in the yeah. four to four fifty range. Yeah, um, I was I was browsing their site, and first of all, they have a beautiful website. Like, if, have you just gone to their website? I actually haven't. It's really Is it for Virgil Estates or Colombian Coffee. Club? It's Colombian Coffee Club. Okay, cool, and they feature El Virgil. El Virgo sure. estate, Estates, and then it also includes whatever because they own, I think, five different, um, five different uh, collections or, or estates mm-hmm. oh, where cool. they wow. where they grow. Yeah, and it, I think they bring in other Colombian coffees as they well, do. just yes. as sort of importing services and maybe dry milling as, and stuff as well. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know Hernan over at Alias met them. Uh, I don't know if it was specifically Elias and Shadi, but he had told me about Colombian Coffee Club quite a while ago. Yeah. So that's oh, nice. how I sort, sort of had some name recognition. It's when a I found really Escacia. right. It's a really cool organization. They're very like polished and um, you know experimental. And but I but from the website perspective, they just had um, you know they they had beautiful high quality you know pictures of of every all the team members from the ceo down cool um their offerings of coffee were really well described the english is really good yeah they know Mm -hmm. their shit yeah they're they're doing a really great job they're they know who they're selling to and for sure they i fucking love it dude like yeah um yeah so i you know i i had expressed interest and we jumped on a video call and elias and shetty were both on that uh that call um and I told them about what I was doing with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I also told them about Stacks as a roaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of went through and they told me about, you know, El Virgil and, you know, kind of got the lay of the land there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, they had sort of recommended the Rebel Geisha, um, which they had like, I think, one bag left. That's so what they, we were originally the talking about. Right. Yeah, they lowered yeah. the price a lot from, I think, like 12 or 12.50 a pound down to 6.50 a pound. Wow. So yeah. I was like, oh, shit, cool. Um, but they, I also requested specifically a guava banana sample mm-hmm. um, because that was the other coffee that was in my price range. Mm-hmm. And they actually sent me a sample of all of them, yeah. uh, a roasted sample of all the different coffees, which was mm. sweet. Yeah. Um, so I had contact with a person that was COVID positive and was housebound for 11 days straight. That. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was I I I didn't have contact with my wife in the meantime. So I actually quarantined from my wife as well. So she was living in our living room and I was living in our bedroom for 10 days. Yeah, it sucked. Um, Wow. Or for at least like seven. Yeah. So I was just like in my bedroom in a one bedroom apartment um, for a whole week for a week. Yeah. Um, So I like set up the coffees on our mantle and did like a little home cupping and um, and, you know, the the natural geisha was really nice. The Pacamara was the chocolatiest natural I've ever had. <laughs> you were saying that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it was wildly milk chocolate um, wow. while also having some, like, really intense fruit flavors. But, like, the dominant flavor was milk chocolate, which was just really mm. interesting because that sort of flies in the face of the typical natural processed um yeah profile to have like this intense milk chocolate but like very sweet it wasn't like dark chocolate it wasn't bitter it didn't have the sort of astringency that some people um associate associate with with, yeah exactly the the sort of astringency which is the the tactile quality of bitterness Mm -hmm. um or the tactile quality associated with bitterness rather where it has that sort of drying sensation in your mouth exactly um and so it didn't have that. It just had intensely sweet milk chocolate mm. mixed with fruit. 
Um, wow. So it had almost like a sort of chocolate covered cherry. Um, it wasn't specifically cherry. I can't really remember what, uh, but it like a chocolate covered fruit yeah. sensation mm-hmm. in a really nice way. Um, and then, you know, there was the rebel geisha, uh, which mm-hmm. was a, a double fermentation washed geisha mm-hmm. um, and the guava banana. And I had sort of a specific eye on those two. And the, the rebel geisha was really good. Um, but it was a washed and, you know, we sort of had this conversation earlier and washed coffees, uh, and especially washed geishas, they're, they're delicate and they're kind of subtle. Um, and it's really not fair to put a a coffee that's delicate and subtle up against three natural processed coffees on a table. Like it's just going to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, but the guava banana just, it it was just an absolute juice bomb. And I, I really was like, Mm. my eyes just popped open, you know, you have those sort of like early and specialty coffee moments where your eyes pop open and you're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was like a 10 years in, you know, I was like, holy shit. Yep. Um, and it, it was just exciting. You know, it was a table full of great coffees, but it made the most impression on me and it was in the price range. And, um, you know, so I, I bought it. Um, that and was kind of pretty immediately that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So today was the first roast of that and it was an exciting day. Yeah. Yeah. So that first roast and then first like, shared cupping experience yeah since since uh, I, th- I think this is the first we've time we've cup all cupped before, together yeah. we've never right, we you, have, you guys did because i oh, walked right, in randomly did, that yeah, one yeah. day yeah that picture and once came again, up the other day <laughs> did it yeah oh that's so nice that must have been two years ago then no, no? one year ago you think it, it yeah was, it, was, it was one year ago right before like the big right COVID before, lockdown. before covid right before lockdown pre-covid baby. yeah yeah Happy yeah. times. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah, because I remember that was actually when I first really met uh Nick Rovazzini. Oh was cool. that day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout it out. was like January. Love that guy. So, yeah. So the other part of your question I think was really like managing relationships with importer yeah. or with producers. Um I only really have one other relationship with a producer and it actually it was that day yeah that uh, that was the other cupping we did mm-hmm. was the only like truly direct trade the only other truly direct trade purchase i've ever done um which was with a farmer from honduras named erlen barrias mm. uh and we had just gotten samples in and just gotten You're samples roasted yeah yeah um i met him via instagram uh dean calavrusis who's espresso patronus from ally coffee on instagram um and Umeko Motoyoshi, um, who is just fucking awesome and yeah. does, does a million different things and mm-hmm. using her spoon right here. Right. Um, you know, the rainbow cupping spoons and she just, she's phenomenal. Both of them are phenomenal. Uh, Dean has been like a real, real, real amazing resource about learning about, uh, you know, sort of the colonialism of coffee and, you know, very poor sea market prices, you know, yeah. dipping under the cost of production. And one of his examples was, you know, talking about how, you know, some farmers are growing specialty quality coffee, but then just can't find a buyer. Right. Um, and he had tagged Erlen Barrias um, <clears throat> from Honduras. And, you know, our, we use a, we've used a Honduran for our, our cold brew for several years from the Copan region. And that's where he was. So, I just, we just started talking yeah. um, and we actually talked for, we, we, I started talking to him right after I think his harvest was done. So we talked for a full year until the next harvest wow. and he sent a samples. That's when you and I first cupped together. We, yeah. we cupped those. Um, 
Very, very cool. You know, I wrote to him and basically said like, how much do you want for this coffee? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, you see the remnants of the, the power differential between, uh, you know, buyer and producer in his answer, which was mm. whatever you think it's worth. Whoa. He kept saying whatever you think it's worth. And now I've never had a direct trade relationship, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also that wasn't what I wanted to do because, you know, uh, saying what a coffee's worth is a very wiggly and ephemeral, you know? Yeah. Well, cause yeah, you're, like, you're, I don't know how much is a keg of cold brew worth. Yeah. I can sell it for $120 for a keg of cold brew, but it only takes five pounds of coffee, mm -hmm. right. you know, like, so oh, wow. right. And you're making it for cold brew. So that's right. Yeah, you have to work yep. that in um, your, into your uh, equation. I yeah. Guess. yeah. So, so, you know, and, and it's also like, how much can I sell this coffee for when it's not being made cold as cold brew, you know? And yeah. so it, um, I had to just keep kind of saying like, how much do you want to sell this coffee for? Like, mm. and he kept saying whatever you think it's worth. Ugh. And it, and it kind of showed, um, I could be misinterpreting, but what I saw is the fear of scaring me off with too high a price. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I said, I, you know, I was like, listen, you can say what, there's no wrong answer here. You know, whatever mm -hmm. answer you give me, I might not necessarily pay it, but I'm not just gonna close the door on a year of conversation and walk away. Yeah. You know, whatever, you know, I want your input on what is a good price for you for this coffee. Yeah. Um, so that we can, you know, move forward in a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm -hmm. um, that must be, that must be one of the more difficult parts of managing um, direct trade relationships because when you work with an importer, they set the price. They have the whole, they have the whole economy to work off of. That's their job is to yeah. work out prices. When mm -hmm. you have a direct trade relationship, you are negotiating directly with that producer and their organization. So yeah. you will have a lot of that weird power dynamic that we're still trying to move past and, yep. and create a more equitable. You know, you'd like like be, like push the scale the other way so that like. Yeah. Producers have power to to make a living. Right. Um, so ultimately he said two fifty a pound would be great. Wow. Um, so I said, okay, well, great. you can do that. Um, yeah. and then I paid an additional forty five cents a pound to Ally Coffee to finance it and import it. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. So they pay the farmer up front because mm -hmm. I, I contracted fifty bags, which right. is eight thousand pounds of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> which you know, uh, the downside of direct trade is that you don't get the same protections that you get with a green coffee importer. That's right. Um, so this coffee actually has a taste defect called Rioi. Um, Rioi. I didn't, none of us tasted it in the samples. You know, like we all scored the coffee. Um, I scored the coffee around an 84. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a very wow. distinct phenolic mm. Um, mm. taste defect that happens. Yep. Um, it was confirmed by Ally and you know, I have no recourse. Um, yeah, there's no way to get your money back to send it back. It's yours it's, now. And it's $21,000 worth of coffee. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Now I have found a way to essentially cover that 
in the roast process. That mm. coffee now has to be a dark roast. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Which sucks. Like that I, does suck. I bought a quantity of that coffee expecting to make it as our cold brew, which is one of our highest quantities of coffee that we go through in at least in normal times. Yeah. Um, yeah. It don't it previously roast dark. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. had a dark roast. So now I have to offer a dark. I mean, I have two wholesale clients that have specifically requested a dark roast. Um, they're both newer. So, you know, Silver this is the coffee they're getting. I was yep. able to drop the price down a little bit because, you know, we essentially ended up paying $3 a pound for it or yeah. two ninety five a pound for it. Um, it took many roasts to figure out how to dark what roast to do. a coffee. Yeah. And, you know, and then tasting that coffee after brewed to make sure that the the taste defect wasn't really present or noticeable in a strong way. Mm. But like that sucked oh, to be yeah. like, oh, this coffee is bad. Yeah, like, there there's something wrong here. Right, you didn't um, just roast it wrong. You didn't, you know, there wasn't no, a flick the, in the roast. This wasn't, yeah, this wasn't like the ROR crashed. Yeah, um, there. This is like this tastes phenolic, um, and. You know, I like it doesn't matter if I had pre-ship samples or not. And I mean, you know, like I have no interest to go after Erlen for yeah, no the, you know that yeah. money. Like he's he would take, you know, I mean it it just sucks because like he was saying like you saved this harvest. Wow. To oh. me, you know, which is like big words to hear. Totally. Um, and you know, I is also like not fair to put on me. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just selling the fucking coffee, right. you know, like you're shaking your head. I didn't save anything. Right. Like, as much as I, you know, care about hopefully bringing up the lives of others around us. Like it's still a business transaction. Like that's right. Yeah. It's, it wasn't me just buying, you know, 8,000 pounds of coffee out of the goodness of my heart to like save someone's life. Right. Like we're buying it to sell it, totally. you know, and that's as much you know, good intention as we want to put behind all this, like we're still selling the coffee. Yeah. Um, and as I said, you know, I can get $120 retail for a keg of cold brew. Mm. Not that I'm, you know, there's no offices yeah. anymore, uh, which is where we sold our kegs Rip of cold brew. Dream. So nope. I can't anymore <laughs> get that because um, there's no there's no market for it. But like, it's okay. Pretty soon they'll be switching to like a deliver to your work from home location. Yeah. Like that'll be the new suite that offices are offering, yeah. and then you can hop back on that. Yeah, or like I, I or, hope so. Or like fancy like fancy tech companies will do like we work from home, but once a week we all get together in like a co-working space or something. Ooh, co-working yeah, spaces hey. are going to be super tight and they're oh, probably they going to be loaded with like, you know, tapable cold brew and yeah. shit. Probably beer too. And because they're not yeah. providing it Always every day beer. of the week that, Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's like no matter what kind of spin we want to put about like, you know, sort of feel good stories about it. We're still selling coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're selling coffee. You know, it, 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 it is business. And that sounds like so cold. I hate saying that. But like, you know, that's why I don't want to be like, it feels weird to have Erlen say like, you saved this harvest. Like, yeah. thank you so much. Like, yo, we just bought your coffee. I'm glad that we were able to buy it for a good price. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, I just don't want to oversell my contribution to it. Like, hey, but we were able to do it in a way that felt good for us and felt good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how he feels. So yeah, that's good. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I'm, I'm very gratified that he would, you know, uh, 
say things like that. Yeah. It, it felt very nice to have, you know, our first direct trade be something that someone was grateful for and feel like we made a difference. Yeah. It felt way worse when I realized I had contracted 55 pounds of, or 55 bags of defective coffee. Yeah. That, um, that I, I, didn't know, figure I didn't know if I could sell yeah. uh, for a long time. We've, we've gone through half a bag and they arrived in May. Uh, you know, so uh, hopefully those two wholesale accounts will kick in pretty soon. They're, yeah. they're both opening new and, uh, you know, and we'll start moving through that. Um, but that's sort of the, the other side of the risk you take when you, yeah. when you have direct relationships. You Shifting know, gears tough. a little bit yeah, sure. in the direct trade conversation. Um, this, this guava banana. Yeah. Now, like coming back around to that, you, we were talking about a geisha. You brought the guava banana up. You were like, we got to do this. I got a really great feeling about this. And I honestly, my immediate response was I called Matt that day, just so you know what happened on our end. Mm -hmm. So I called Matt up because our whole, like one of the things that we want to do with the highlight roast, and you mentioned this early on, we want to give roasters the comfort to be able to pick something like that and know that they can come to us and say, listen, this coffee is fire and yeah. you need it because we then turn around we go yes and yes and then we're going to go and tell a bunch of other people hey this coffee's fire and you need it mm -hmm. you know um and so i called matt up that day and i was like hey uh here's here's what i want to do here's our highlight roast number one of the year uh, but I, I kind of need your approval on this <laughs> co-owner, but uh, I, I'd really I've I've got a good feeling and luckily Matt returned that with like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. So cool. I mean here here we are now well, whenever I hear the enthusiasm in Kevin's voice or you know, if, if I'm talking to like the roaster, oh, I, I immediately so like uh, unless we're talking a hundred dollars a pound or, or something you know, sure, ridiculous. sure. There's I, always a range, but course. enthusiasm counts for a lot. It yep. does. When I see that, when I hear that, the I hype. mean, I don't even need to. You don't have to finish a sentence. I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah if, if, if he is really fucking stoked on it, chances are other people are going to be really fucking stoked on it. Yeah. Especially if we work together yeah. to market it in such a way mm -hmm. where you, you, you literally say amazing job with that, by thank the way, you. really Thanks. phenomenal. Thank you. We, we are You're good uh, hype men. Well, and you that's know, that's what we are. And you know, we're hype men. <laughs> uh, transparency though, like our, uh, we have a third owner who's our mentor. Mm -hmm. He's like our business guy. Cool. Yeah. And he's like a Tyler. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. And he like, he was like, Hey, so I got a, we like had our yearly checkup and, and he was like, so you guys have been doing so well, like growing the brand mm -hmm. and like marketing and creating content and being consistent. And I see it and he's like, I just want you guys to make like sell more stuff. He's like, I want you to make more money. Yep. And I was like, damn, cause we actually, we, we're not like, we're not like selling all the time, constantly, constantly sure. having orders yeah. come in. Yeah. We have some dead periods where we're working on stuff. Mm -hmm. We have, I mean, like we barely made it here today because like I had to leave work early. You had to like basically like wrap up a, a job as at home. quickly as possible yep. because we're working two jobs right now. Right. We're yeah. working 70 hours a week. So sometimes yeah, it's, it's hard it's to, crazy. it's hard to execute on the hype. For and sure. The key I think is putting in that extra effort now between now and Friday when, mm -hmm. when it drops on Friday I want to make sure that people are n people number one know about it because mm -hmm. social media is a noisy place yeah yep. and number two people are stoked about it yeah so that's that's the goal for this week dude 
And because the honestly, coffee, we've been doing a good job of the it. coffee could sell itself. If we had a brick and mortar, it could. If people were looking at it, if yeah. we were talking to people in person, they'd be like, "Uh, yeah, like that's no brainer." But the internet's a noisy place. Yeah. that's where I make my most sales. Is in person. Totally. I actually I sold oh, I, I, I pre sold yeah. a bag of this at the gym yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so this this guy was like, what, what are you up to right now? And I'm like, oh man, well, we got this really dope coffee coming out this Friday, yeah. actually, and only fifty bags of it. And like those fifty people get access to this website. We're just doing something. Like we're putting in the work for you so you don't have to and like I, I went into this whole thing and I was explaining what the coffee tastes like. And then he goes, Cool, can I have a bag? I was like, Yeah, you have to go on the website. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, you have like I was like, oh, dude, my whole staff, like they sent like 25 gram samples. So like I yeah. did, I did a one bowl cupping mm-hmm. and then I wrote to the dude, Jeff from a- angels cup. Yeah. Cause I was like, all right, how many outlets do I have for this? So how much yeah. can I buy of it? And I told him, you know, I, I've got this other coffee coming in. It's, it's a little more pricey. And uh, I told him, you know, the wholesale price would be 1350. And he was like, it's too much for our normal box. However, I'm working on this special box. Do you have a sample? <laughs> and I was like, I have 10 fucking grams left. Like, <laughs> I have 10 fucking grams oh left. Oh my God. Um, I can say I can send you enough to do a one bowl of cupping and he was like send it and I just like take the package shut that they sent me <laughs> and like sent it out that day and he cupped it and he also immediately said yes you know it was, great. It was the same kind of deal he cupped it and was like this coffee is great yeah um, and, and that's the reaction people are having to this coffee yeah totally yeah. Uh, you know but like so none of my staff at, you know we did the first roast today none of my staff has tasted this coffee yet Ooh, but like they special. refer to it as like Oh yeah, like the guava, you know, like the they, it's like a first name basis with yeah. the coffee, yeah. uh, and like everyone's excited about it because I've been so excited. It's about notorious. It. So like, yeah, they're they're all pumped on it. They're they're you cool. know, I got like three texts today. Like, did you roast the guava today? Yeah. You know, like so. Nice. Um, you know, this is what we want. Yeah, I talked to, to Sam be. about it from Peaks. Matthew, uh, right before we started uh, started the podcast, I was on my phone and it was Matthew being like, "How'd it go?" <laughs> you know, yes. he knew I was doing my first roast of it today. So it's like, Dude. you know, it's a community thing when you yeah. when you have that enthusiasm enthusiasm about it. And like Matthew did the same thing when they released their geisha. You yeah, know, he sent me home with a little. Uh, he, he, you know, he forced me to blind cup it and he sent me home with two coffees oh and it was labeled God. first and next. And, yep. you know, so it was just like brew these the way you brew them at home in the morning. And I did V sixties of it and I had no idea what they were. And I gave him my feedback on each mm-hmm. of them in order and they lined up with what, you know, he was sort of tasting and, and, uh, presumably hoping to hear. Did he um, give you that EA decaf? No. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Ooh, you he sent, try he, that. Did, he made us blind cups and stuff too. Um, he like sends it, coffee dad sends people it? homework. It's a, uh, an, uh, ethyl acetate decaf. So it's a uh, Columbia. Uh, I believe so. Desvolato. Uh, maybe we have the same one. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yes. The sugar cane decaf. Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah the, I think so. the sugar yeah. process EA is the same thing. Yeah. It's like, they're interchangeable well, terms almost. Are they almost thought, almost completely? Interchangeable. Okay. Yeah, I could be yeah. mistaken. I thought it was like you ha- you have EAD calf and then like sugar cane is like uh, they're a very, variant of it or something. Yeah, it's but, a variant, but they're very similar okay. and you end up with very similar results. EA is maybe a little more refined. Got it. But um, yeah, no, I haven't so had good. that. I had uh, so their good. their anaerobic Colombian and the geisha. Dude, um, I just bought the twelve ounce bag again of the. You bought a twelve ounce bag of the. Oh, you bought the, another twelve ounce. Yeah, yeah. The Del Bell Aquazar. Uh, Del Aquazar. Yeah. We're here to talk about the guava. I know, but there's just <laughs> so much good coffee. <laughs> but I mean, but so that, that's the point that goes along with the guava is like when people who generally know what they're doing and yeah, and, and even if it's not people who like know what they're doing, that's yeah. such a like elite 
gatekeepy kind of way eh, to put eh, that. Eh, but like, well, yeah. like Matthew's been in coffee for a long time. Also, if Matthew had been in coffee for two months, I wouldn't care because his mm -hmm. enthusiasm is contagious. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, as I was talking to you guys about earlier, like Matthew's the first person I ever cupped coffee with. And we're going yes. on, we're, it's nine years ago now. Um, you know, so yep. he's the first person I ever cupped coffee with when he was at Uncommon Grounds. I was like shaking because I was so intimidated because mm -hmm. I didn't know what cupping was. I didn't know how to cup coffee, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so he's been like, you know, we started tasting coffees together and then we formed the Capital Region Coffee Collective. Yes. And like then we both went from being in sort of like uh, second wave-ish shops with me at Tierra and him at Uncommon. Mm -hmm. And then we both ended up director of coffee for the first two multi-roasters in the entire Capital Region with, you know, Superior and Stacks. Yes. Um, we opened within around a year of each other. You know, um, mm -hmm. he's been my coffee dude for like ever, forever. Um, Tell us about the capital region coffee collective because <laughs> i even said it i believe on the card that you are like the proverbial our spiritual or our spiritual godparent, godparent yeah to the upstate coffee collective so like what was that how did you decide to do it how did you execute it i know you kind of touched on it in our first podcast but just like so rehash like eight years ago so i don't i feel like i don't really remember the deep like i I That's might, okay. This might be like revisionist That's history. That's fine because like, you guys <laughs> obviously had a podcast for it, so we can just go back and look that up, right? <laughs> we have one episode of a podcast that Matthew and I, I recorded recorded downstairs. I guess um, that. Yeah, it was going to be the poured over podcast. We we recorded one what? episode, um, and it's just life's busy. You That's know? great, man. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, Matthew and I started cupping at Uncommon Grounds. Yeah, and um, he had this guy Simon Oderkirk who mm -hmm. uh, I think he used to work at New Harvest Coffee and Spirits in uh, Providence Rhode Island and um, set up the coffee program for Seven Stars Bakery which is mm. like there's several different locations um, in mm. Providence and then he moved out here to be the operations manager at Spot Coffee when it first opens in Saratoga oh um, yeah and that's sort of how he landed in this area. And he's, he's totally out of coffee now. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, he was sort of Matthew's coffee guru to some extent. Or I, I think just maybe they knew each other. I think Rob Steven uh, from Inter-American Coffee is really more of uh, yeah. Matthew's, like, coffee dad. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, you know, I remember Matthew telling me that Simon was the first person that ever taught him to recognize citric acid in a cupping. Mm. Um, he like drank some lemony drink and he was like, see that sort of sharpness on the side of your tongue? Like that's citric acid. Mm -hmm. And he like very clearly pointed that out. And if you guys want a really cool article is um, it's on Sprudge by Simon. I think it's called failing the cue. Um, and it's just Simon's experience of going into the cue grader exam blind really like not, like yeah. not really knowing what he was doing and just being like I'm going to do this and writing about his experience of failing it he I think he passed like you know 20 of the 22 tests um, and then he just kind of left it you know but yeah. it, it's a cool article wow, wow. cool yeah so um, you get a, a taste of Capital Region Coffee Collective lore there yeah um, yeah no that's great so <laughs> he brought in Simon and there was also this dude Lewin Proft who uh, was working at uh, the Lucas Confectionery, which was mm -hmm. doing blue bottle pour overs at the time. Yes. Um, and then I had an assistant manager named Tony Bucci, who now is out in uh, LA. Mm -hmm. And um, 
he was my assistant manager at Tierra and he was getting pretty into coffee. So we had all these people and there were a couple other people from um, uh, the confectionery who were interested in coffee. This, mm -hmm. this girl, um, Jess and Michelle, who had moved from um, San Francisco and uh, Seattle, respectively. Mm -hmm. And so everyone was kind of into coffee, but we are, none of us were at places that were really focusing exclusively on a special, especially specialty coffee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Uncommon Grounds is as popular for their bagels as they are for their coffee. Mm -hmm. You know, Tierra was sort of doing like a organic -y Starbucks, yep. I'd, okay. I'd say, yeah. um, was their kind of MO and, you know, the confectionery is a wine bar, you know? Right. So, um, we were all enthusiastic. Um, and so we started just getting together for tastings and cuppings and generally to just like start hanging out with other coffee people because mm -hmm. they're, right. you know, now we have superior and stacks and three fish and crew and, you know, um, Nick's, Nick's thing, uh, knockabout or knockabout. Nomad. nomad, nomad. That's what yep. I'm thinking of. Um, you know, and all these other places kind of in the area and that didn't exist at that point. Right. There's no like exclusive specialty coffee shops at that point. So, um, you know, this was a chance for us to start forming community mm -hmm. and for us to start growing as specialty coffee professionals. So, um, Often we would cup in the Lucas confectionery because they wouldn't open until like three o'clock on certain days. So we would mm. meet at like one and like, you know, cup there while they were closed. Yep. Um, we did, we decided to kind of take a turn into public education events at some point. And, cool. um, you know, similar kind of traje trajectory where mm -hmm. it went from like, we want to learn about this to like, we want to learn about this, but like, we also want other people to learn about this. Mm -hmm. And like, I guess we're best probably best position to teach people. Yep. So our first uh, event was extremely basic. It was uh, a, a light, a medium, and a dark roast. It was a, w one coffee roasted three ways, and Matthew mm. roasted those coffees. And we brewed, it was at uh, Lucas Confectionery, and mm -hmm. we brewed them on Chemexes, and um, a ton of people showed up. That's all. Which is great. Showed up. Yeah. There, I mean, there were probably like 40 people there. Wow. That's just like crazy. Yeah. Um, so that obviously showed us that there was sort of a, a, a group of people that wanted to learn and there was mm -hmm. interest, um, you know, in coffee. And um, so we did this tasting and we all kind of talked about, yeah, I don't even remember really what we talked about. I have a couple pictures from the, the day, mm -hmm. but um, we did that. And then we, we did a cupping of different coffees from Gimme. Um, mm -hmm. I've never heard of Gimme. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, so Gimme Coffee is like fairly OG specialty coffee roaster out of Ithaca. Oh. Um, but they also have several locations in New York City. Okay, um, cool. But they, I think they have like maybe four in Ithaca and two mm -hmm. or three in New York. Um, I'll have to look them up. Definitely check yeah. them out. Oh, yeah. um, they've got like a bunch of just like good coffees and then they also bring in some like great coffees awesome. um so we th and this was a private event we did a cupping and we decided on one coffee and we took a little video it was for a future event that we were going to do um we were going to do one coffee brewed you know eight different ways or as however many members we had it was going to be brewed that many different ways oh, oh cool. nice cool. Yeah. yeah and we did a very short video of us like 
pointing at the coffee mm-hmm. um, and then unveiling which coffee it was. Yeah, I've seen um, an Instagram photo of that. Really? I think. Yeah. yeah Wild. Yeah, yeah. So um, Gimme thought that was cool and they invited us out to their roastery in Ithaca. Okay. Um, we were like so excited about that. Yeah. So um, you made it. That was on a Wednesday when we went out there, and this kind of builds into the Stacks origin story. So that was on a Wednesday. On Tuesday, Tyler had shown up at Stacks, and I was just I was vague acquaintances with Tyler at that point. I was mm-hmm. managing Tierra. I was very unhappy. Yeah. Um, and he came in and he kind of like looked side to side, and he was like, "May I speak freely?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yep. "What? Yeah, sure." And uh, you know, he <laughs> said, "I bought Cafe Vero. We should talk." Um, and Cafe Vero was what the original Lark Street location was called. Okay. And um, I thought he was going to offer me a management position. So, you know, the next day I jumped in a car with four other coffee collective members and we drove to Ithaca. It's three hours each way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up, I was like, this crazy thing happened yesterday. And we ended up just kind of talking about what we would do if we had full control of a shop Mm. and could do whatever kind of coffee program we wanted. Yeah. Because, you know, we worked at a bagel place, a wine bar place and an organic Starbucks style place, you know, like none of us had that kind of sway over what we were doing. Totally. And, um, so we all just, you know, and I, I had no idea what was going to come of this, but we all just kind of like dreamed. We went to, um, gimme, we did, you know, the tour, uh, we went to one of the shops. It was really cool. I think we went to multiple shops in the roastery. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very fun. Uh, we came home that was on Wednesday, that Friday, Tyler and I got together and, you know, I told him about the capital region coffee collective and that we had done these different events. Like there was no money making aspect of it. You mm-hmm. know, we were just, we were doing free events. Um, yep. and that was what sold him on me as a business partner was he was like, if you have that much passion and enthusiasm about coffee that you're willing to just like put in time to just do like a, a free public education program, mm-hmm. yeah. like you're the fucking guy I want on my team. Yeah. Like you, and Whoa. you need, and you need some skin in the game. Here's the percentage of ownership I'm willing to offer you to be his guy. Yeah. Basically, I, he knew nothing about coffee. He still doesn't really know anything about coffee. Right. Um, so hey, he's got a little better of an idea, but yeah. uh, but he does have a good palate, and he, you know, under the you know the concept of single origin, you know, those might be words we mostly use in coffee, but like that concept, you know, single malt scotch is the same thing, yeah. you know, mm. uh, yep. essentially. Uh, so you know, he understood the concept and he understood friendly accessibility, and we we drive a lot on customer service and stuff like that, concepts like that. Yeah. So you know, he kind of was like, you need some skin in the game. Here's what I'm willing to offer you, you know, figure out your numbers, um, you know, take your time, but don't take too long. And like, right. I went home, I talked to my then girlfriend, who's now my wife and um, my brother-in-law and my dad. And I called him back like a half hour later. We went back and forth on numbers a little bit sitting at Justin's, which is now Savoy. Um, mm-hmm. And we shook hands. That was on Friday. Um, Saturday and Sunday, we cleaned for like 14 hours each day with like 12 friends and family members. And we opened on Monday. We had no name. You know, we had no, we had, there was one Just person a coffee still working there. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're like, oh, it's Cafe Vero. What, what was it called? Uh, Cafe, Cafe Vero. Vero. Cafe Vero. Yeah. yeah. And they still exist in, in Lake George. Lake George. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cool. cool. Um, I actually just had someone, uh, it, the person I sold the bag to the other day at the gym was like, you can only drink so much Cafe Vero coffee. <laughs> and I was like, that's good. Yeah. Well, you can drink my coffee now. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, you, you can drink Ron's coffee. Also, um, the coffee that we bought. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we did. We did one other event. Um, 
I guess it was probably before uh, the Gimme trip, but it was the coffee we chose from Gimme we yep. did at Fresh Market in Saratoga. I remember um, hearing about this yes. little yeah. like learning lab that mm-hmm. they have their kind of community kitchen. And, yeah. You know, that's where we brewed one coffee. One of the best uses ways. that kitchen um, has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, Simon, Simon brewed single origin espresso. I brewed a Chemex. Someone did cold brew. Someone did French press, clever dripper, Aeropress, like V60, you know, the whole, I think yeah. someone did a siphon. Um, oh, nice. You know, and Siphons like people were into it, you know, um, so yeah, and after that, like Michelle and Jess both moved to Etsy um, in Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, like the company? The company, yeah. yeah. Okay. They, they took jobs at Etsy. Um, Lewin works in California in the wine industry. Yep. He's he's like he's in it. Yep. Um, and uh, Tony also moved to California, and like Matthew and I are the st- still the only where the you know you're the coffee OGs. first two punks, last two punks. You know, like we're <laughs> we're the we're the last two dudes uh, that are still like really actively in coffee. I think yeah. everyone's still into coffee, but uh, we're the As two a hobby, that are working right? in coffee. We're both directors of coffee and right. roasters for our respect, respectful uh, companies, respective companies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you that's know, amazing. And, and we still talk on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um, about coffee and also life. Yeah. So, and now we you know, talk to you guys on a weekly basis. Yeah, about right. Coffee you know? <laughs> and you know, so it, it's still just like kind of continuing that uh, coffee community in the capital region, the you proverbial. Know, yeah. Torch. What, yeah, exactly. Holding, like whatever the name is, like Decathlon, whatever, you know, the goal has been achieved in the yeah. fact that you guys did this totally without us. Yeah. But they're like, you know, you did it at crew. You've done it at mm-hmm. superior. You've done it. I think at stacks, you know, yes. and like we're mm-hmm. sitting here talking at stacks, you yeah. know, there's all these different specialty coffee places. And that like, I'm not saying that's totally on Matthew and I, but like, but, <laughs> but I mean, you might've su- had a superior and stacks were the first two, you know, multi roasters and yeah. yeah, arguably, you know, two of the first specialty coffee shops, like well, and you can pour overs and stuff like that. You if know, we so, had a shop, we'd be a multi roaster. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, we both obviously have moved into roasting our own, but yes. um, you know, it was like, it's, and, and it's funny, like Matthew and I would talk every month because we never wanted to bring in the same guest roaster either. Yeah. Um, you guys don't even buy from the same, uh, lots if you can help it. Like we don't buy the same coffees. We buy from a lot of the same importers. Yeah. Right. Um, last year we each bought, uh, one of two Ecuador's offered by the coffee quest. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought one. I bought the other, uh, we've both bought, I think a, a pretty considerable amount of the same coffees from collaborative coffee source. Uh, we might have the same decaf right now. I'm not positive. Well, uh, thank you do. Cause I remember you, I mean, this is a perfect example when we were kind of talking and saying, Hey, what coffee are we going to do for this highlight roast? You had a couple of ideas. And mm-hmm. when we were bouncing ideas off the wall, you said, well, you know, another reason that I actually kind of prefer the guava banana is that Matthew's doing a, a right. Colombian geisha right yeah. now. And he's like, and you were like, you know, oh, I, I step I'd on rap- those toes like they're doing yeah. a cool thing. That's right. You yeah. know, that's like right. I want to bring something in that's different. And, yeah. and just bringing in like another wash Colombian geisha. Um, I think a like I don't want to just like jump on their hype train. You know, True. like, but also I don't think bringing in another coffee that's like so extremely similar is doing like the community at large a service, right? right. Like mm-hmm. there's only so many roasters bringing in like stuff that's outside of the, you know, mm-hmm. average specialty coffee stuff where it's like, cool, uh, a nice washed Ethiopian, a nice washed Colombian, like a guat, you know, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when you're bringing in like special stuff, it's like, okay, you just brought in uh, a washed Colombian geisha. It was a great example of a washed Colombian geisha. Mm. I want to bring in something totally different. Yeah. Like I'm bringing in an anaerobic natural, you know, yep. like, yeah, dude. And, it's, and it's, uh, it's just different, you know, yeah. and I'm grateful to be able to have those open conversations where we can bring in something different. And sometimes they come pretty close to overlapping, you know, um, and to quote just the better title, business. oh, sorry. No, that's just better business. <laughs> I was that's about to say to quote the title of a book. I'm sure we all can appreciate That's just best practices. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scott Rayo would not be happy with an, a natural anaerobic. He hates naturals. Well, that's but. <laughs> fine. He's uh, he. You're also allowed to have your own opinion. On he's things. interesting. He, he's, yeah. a man, he's a man with opinions. He for does sure. have some. Um, dude, I got two more questions for you. Normally, we would be asking you what's in your mug, but it's the guava banana. Guava we just banana. had it. We're going to have more of it. Um, what would you say is probably one of the best lessons working in the coffee industry has taught you? Oh boy, that's a big question. Honestly, um, go with the first thing that comes to mind. How to go deal with, with people? Natural answer. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like you know, pre-pandemic, I managed a staff of like twenty-six or twenty-seven, wow. um, and it like every issue we've ever had at stacks has come out down to either like having the money for it mm-hmm. or communication, communication issues. Um, so, you know, how to deal with issues with people, you know, mm-hmm. if someone's coming in late, not just being like, don't fucking be late, but yeah. rather be like, Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know? Cause like a lot of times it's, it's not just that they're being late. Like there's something else going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes people are just late a lot, you know, yeah. like I used to be a person that was chronically late. Um, but it was also pointed out to me that like being chronically late when I didn't really have a good reason was being very selfish because it was devaluing other people's time, Mm -hmm. right? It's saying like my time of being at home matters more than your time of getting out at three when you're supposed to get out. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm saying, well, it's only three Oh five. Like it's not a big deal. It's like, yeah, but tell Mm -hmm. that to the person who's been here for eight hours, you know, like they want to go the fuck home. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, uh, it's essentially being selfish, right? It's devaluing other people's time and saying mine's more important. Um, so maybe the conversation is saying what's going on. And they're just saying, I don't know. I just never seem to be able to get here on time. I don't have a good reason. And then if I explain it like that, not like accusatory, but yeah. saying like my whoever explained it to me as this, and maybe that resonates with you and maybe it doesn't, but that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, and like then offering some solutions, like, you know, what helped me was giving myself a time where I have to be out the door mm-hmm. and having it be early so mm-hmm. that like I have to be out the door at two thirty, even though that'll get me here at two forty five. Yep. And then like if some shit really hits the fan, then I can either like call someone and say, yo, I'm going to be a few minutes late. I'm really sorry. Or I still, even if I get in like late air quotes, it's I'm, I'm here, you know, a little before or by three. Um, and best case I'm here at two 45 and I've yep. got some time to like chill and make a little coffee, you know? Yeah. So it's just, there's so many different aspects of, um, communication and like making sure people are really feeling heard. Yeah. Um, yes. their complaints, um, you know, mm-hmm. someone's mad at me. A lot of the times it's not like, you know, I said my, my, one of my employees 
sent me angry texts this morning. They weren't particularly angry. They were just, you know, saying the things I didn't do. But it's like, you know, that deserved like a real apology and acknowledgement of how frustrating that must have been for mm-hmm. her. Totally. Um, you know, so just like mm-hmm. making sure p- people feel heard and seen as much as possible. And, you know, I'm certainly not perfect at it, but like yeah. it, that I would say that, you know, just general learning to communicate better with people. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Has been probably the, the That's biggest thing. Yeah. Final question. What's your jam? We've been listening to. Oh lately. man, I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like I don't have a cool, you your feel like I don't have a cool answer. Uh, uh, do you know what the pressure to have a cool answer is? Totally, it, it's, it's gone it's because I'm listening to Machine yeah. Gun Kelly right now. So. Are you st- oh, again? Totally. Still, Always. still again? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm just trying to feel like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like 30, and his like the the hook to his song is like I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. Well, and, and that's fine <laughs> because you know what? what? Uh, we don't get a jam on this one. This one's this is rounds. You yeah, know, this is special podcast. Right That's now. true. Yeah, I had a, a weird night last night and I put on this band called fucked up. Um, if Ooh, you've ever heard of them, okay. no. yeah. they're they're sort of a Canadian hardcore band. Yep. Um, but they've got very disparate sounds like they're the music is very sort of almost like catchy. It almost has like a garage rock vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. It's not like it's a not little quite, raw. but yeah, it's yeah. like it's like not super polished. Sometimes it gets a little trippy. It each album is like very much a concept album. Mm, um, I love that, and you know sometimes really long. Mm-hmm. Um, but their singer has this really gruff vocal style, so it's almost like this really burly '80s hardcore sound over what is ostensibly very like catchy and fairly simple. Um, almost like garage rock stuff. So they're sort of like cool. an art punk band. So that's my cool answer. My less cool answer is this band, Th- Free Throw. Um, Free Throw. That's just sort of. Um, I know that name. Pop punk. Uh, yep. They've evolved a little totally. uh, past being like their their early record was just like very noodly guitar pop punk. Yeah. Um, sort of reminiscent of someone who like listened to American football, but also taking mm. back Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Their newer stuff is like a little. Um, a little more mature, I guess. It, There's one song that I've just been jamming on so hard. Uh, called, what is it? Uh, what's it called? Um, Tail Whip Struggle. Tail um, Whip Struggle. And dude, I like, Done. for some reason, the cadence of yeah. certain parts of the song, like, I will listen to the song and get really into it and then yeah. just start it over. And yeah. like, when I'm roasting, Ooh, like, that's a good I, song. I was roasting this morning and I was, I was in a sort of a weird mood going yeah. in and I just, over and over and I was like, you know, mm. loading buckets of green coffee and I was just like bop bum bop bum and I'm like nice. banging and bopping around and I was just getting so into it like forty times. That's, yeah. like, like, that's my less cool answer is just like listening to this one song. But that's over what and made over. you that's dope though. Happy that got you. I was, yeah. I was in a good it, mood. And you were roasting yeah. coffee when you were I was in a good too. mood. Good. It's a jammer. That's the point awesome. of a good jam. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, fucked up is my cool answer, and free throw is my like a little dorky free answer. Like your fun mature answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, um, any final comments for anybody listening and also consuming this wonderful coffee that you've roasted? Let the coffee cool. <laughs> totally. Bam. We're ending on that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>